good morning and welcome to our first NSP podcast. We've got Joel Kobosh, our next gen leader, and Paul Sanders, our associate pastor. I am Luke, and it is good to be with you, gentlemen, this morning. We are in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and the series title is To the Church. And this morning we're looking at Ephesians 1, verses 15 to 23. So let me read the text and then we'll we'll start discussing it. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we just came out of a long text, verses 3 through 14, in which Paul is blessing God for all of the spiritual benefits that are ours in Christ. And now he continues here in this text. And what what, what are some observations? Because that's, that's really what we're trying to do here as we're going through Ephesians in our podcast, we're, we're really just kind of looking at the text and we're, we're making observations um, of what we might see. There may be some doctrine that we want to draw out. There may be some um, some kind of practical application points we want to draw out. But we're just at this point, we're interacting with the text. and We're just trying to make observations of, of what Paul is communicating to his audience and also to us. So. Um, I'll, I'll start out. I mean, I'll, I'll mention, first of all, something that, you know, as I was looking at this text just a little while ago, um, if you notice at verse 15, Paul references the fact that he's heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints. So on the one hand, he talks about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and then he also talks about your love toward all the saints. And I just see like, you know, there's the vertical on the one hand where their faith is in Jesus, but I also see the horizontal in that they have love toward all the saints. And so you, you see like the vertical, the horizontal, you see the intersection of the two, and, and they really are inseparable. That it, it's like you don't take Jesus and, and leave the church behind. It's our faith in Jesus and our love for our brothers and sisters, our fellow saints, they really do go together. They, they go hand in hand. And, and here Paul is 
is speaking of of the fact that that both of these realities exist among them. Yeah, would you say it's a it's a corporate? This is a corporate prayer, right? As a is a corporate prayer for people that are fellowshipping together. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, because he goes into a prayer. I mean, he goes into to to describing what his prayers are for them. What what is what has been the content of his prayers for them? And and what he's saying is that he's heard of not just an individual's person's faith in Christ, an individual individual's person's love for the saints, but he's talking about the the Ephesians as a whole, as a church. And and the prayer is for the church. It's not just for individual people. So we can certainly take it individually for ourselves, but I'm just thinking that perhaps it's that there's a point here he's making when it says that your love towards all the saints. He's talking about the Ephesians' love toward all the saints, the yeah. church's love for all the saints. It definitely seems like he's introducing here the idea of the, the corporate community, which is the church of believers, because the, the first chapter one, as or three verse 14 that we looked at, it's the spiritual blessings. It's it's the privileges we have of being in Christ, of being a believer. And now he's it seems like maybe he's introducing this idea of. But it's a corporate faith. It's a it's a faith community. Because at the end of the chapter, he says, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And it talks about being the head of the church. So definitely, I think this is well, we think introducing this, that idea. Yeah, this idea of love toward all the saints. I, I mean, this is basic to our Christian faith. I mean, Jesus says in John 13 to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another by this. All people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so, you know, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and our love for the saints, they, they go together. Because if we really believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're seeking to follow him, then we're going to do what he tells us to do. And, and what he told us to do, I mean, one of the things he told us to do is to love one another. And in fact, the command love one another is repeated numerous times throughout the New Testament. And that's very practical. I mean, when you think about loving one another, I mean, this isn't just some kind of lofty theoretical idea out there. It's practical, right? I mean, how do we love one another? I mean, it's it's tangible, it's practical, it's 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 daily, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I I I was thinking uh, about this uh, you know, I, I've met some tradesmen, a couple of them at least, uh, very outspoken, the fact that they love God. But when I asked them where they're worshiping, they said, well, you know, we go to different churches once every week. And we'll go to Disney at times uh, and, and when they have something over there. And I says, well, what about the church? Well, you know, we, we just like going to different places. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what? How do you, uh, how do you express your love for the saints if you just show up for service, and that shows that you love God? I don't think that's the way it works. I think it's really important that we we brought that up because I think it is a pretty relevant issue. There are a lot of people that 
claim to know Christ, but they don't have any commitment to any sort of local church or the church in general, especially I think even people my age, millennials, you know, it's this, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God, but then you ask them about, like you said, their commitment to church and it's like, yeah, well, we, I think I can just worship at home or worship looks different for me. It's like, no, you can't. If you are a believer, then you're called to love people, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and when you start doing this love bit, uh, there's there's a bunch of there's there's a first Corinthians 13 piece of it right because loving saints and you see them regularly and you you interact with them and they're not all um, they're not all acting very well towards you at times it's a little messy and and I have to remind myself when I see somebody acting up that uh, I can't say well I wish they weren't here at church. I don't care if it's a kid or, or if, it's, if it's an adult. Um, I have to say, they're one of the saints I'm supposed to be loving right now. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, it's pretty maybe arrogant or prideful of us to think that we could live the Christian life on our own as well. We need, we need each other to challenge us, to encourage us, to, to pray for us, even like they're doing here, to give thanks. It's like... To think that you can live the Christian life on your own is prideful and ignorant, maybe. <laughs> right. Foolish. So word. it also sounds it's interesting to me that Paul, though he hasn't been in Ephesus for a while, it sounds like, uh, he's, he's in prison, right? I, I believe he's writing from prison. I mentioned that in the la one of the other podcasts. And, and yet he is praying for them. Yeah, so I mean, if we if we jump into the the content, so it says here, verse fifteen, he's heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus, he's heard of their love toward all the saints, and so he says, verse sixteen, he doesn't cease to give thanks for them, remembering them in his prayers, and so Paul is consistently praying for these Ephesian believers, these Ephesian saints. And the specific content of his prayer, you know, he describes, um, verse 17, he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. So that's, that's, the, that's the first part of it. So he's praying for the spirit. And in the Bible, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And also in the Christian Standard Bible, the Spirit is, is capitalized. So um, if we understand this to be the Holy Spirit, Paul is praying for these believers that they would have the Spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Him. You know, I do kind of have a question as I was looking at this earlier. I was kind of wondering, is Him... Is it a reference back to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, or is him a reference to Jesus? Um, I don't know, something to, something to look at and to kind of consider as we, as we look at that. Well, as it goes on, it says, you may know what is the hope that he has called you, right? So there, there's a him, a he, his glorious inheritance in the saints. And... 
I believe that all refers to God, including what I find interesting is his, his glorious inheritance in the saints. In other words, we, we messy, um, weak people are a, are a glorious inheritance of God. I find that interesting that God thinks of us as, as, as something he, he uh, is inheritance, that he, we're a treasure. That's, when you say inheritance, you usually think of a treasure, right? Something that, that you look forward to. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if you notice here, um, I mean, if you look at the, the, the content of the prayer, I mean, he's praying that they would have the spirit of wisdom and of revelation, the knowledge of him. So, I mean, as I look at that, it's like, I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe kind of simply that he's praying that they might know God, that they might know the Lord, right? So there's knowledge. Then he says, going further, um, verse 18, having the eyes of your heart and enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So it's like knowledge. It's like he's praying for divine insight and knowledge about the Lord, about the hope that he's called us to, about the riches of our inheritance or of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and knowledge of the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So, you know, when he when he uses this phrase, um, the eyes of your heart, right? So, I mean, we have literal eyes, we have a literal heart, right? And Paul's not saying that our 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 the heart that's beating in our chest has like literal eyes. What's he talking about? He's talking about spiritual enlightenment, awareness, knowledge, wisdom. So, I mean, he's praying for them to have knowledge and information. I mean, that, that seems to be that the, 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 that's the request, right? But it's more than just knowledge, as in what we would think of as like book knowledge. or it, 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 it's, it's more of a knowing in a sense of intimacy and, and relationship, would you say? Uh, in other words, it's, it's not... It's not a not a head thing. He just used the word heart there, so it has more, not much more. It's 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 a, a knowledge that that moves us and and um, and inspires us and 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 makes us want to know him, to get to know him better, but to be also be part of him and to love him more. It, it also makes me think that it's it's a lifelong pursuit. It's not just something we we get and we've been granted and then we're great. We're good. And from there, no, it's a, it's a lifelong pursuit of, of growing and knowledge and learning about who he is and learning more about who he is and, and celebrating that and celebrating it together. And it just, the more we understand it, the, the greater it becomes in our life a little bit. It's a, it's a, it seems like it's a, a lifelong thing. Right. And I think that we can, we can also think of this, that this, Prayer, which is another long sentence, right? The, the we, last week we talked about the first long sentence, and then the second thing. Uh, this is the second. This prayer is a another long sentence, and these though these two sentences set up the whole book. Uh, he's going to talk about all the rest. The rest of the book is going to talk about all these things. Yeah, you're right. It, it is another long sentence. Yeah, and I mean, and I think one of the things about these these like. Uh, 
you know, when you look at the what we looked at previously, verses three through fourteen, I mean, it can, you know, you can kind of get lost in the details. You know, you see all these phrases and all these concepts, and I mean, it is it is some pretty, uh, um, it's pretty dense. I mean, there's a lot of there's just a lot of content there, and it's it's. Um, you know, there's a lot to lot to think through and to work through. And when you look at the prayer, um, I mean, he's certainly praying for, I mean, if we just kind of, you know, I mean, as we've just started looking at this, I mean, there is this, I mean, it's like he's praying for them to have spiritual insight, spiritual knowledge, which, um, you know, it's not just for the, imp- I mean, he's certainly not praying that they just have information, right? He's not just praying for them to have um, just some kind of, theoretical knowledge or just just information that they just have that that has no bearing on their lives i mean it it is to it is to influence their their daily living it is to influence their their ethics it is to influence their interactions with one another i mean it's very practical in that the reason he's praying for this enlightenment and this knowledge i mean certainly while it may not specifically be fleshed out here i mean the goal is that they actually live and function in light of this divine wisdom and divine knowledge right right and and, and i when i read these this this prayer it's like a wow you know i, I every time i read it it's like wow like watching an, a nuclear explosion go off i mean that's a wow moment right that's not just oh that's neat to see that's whoa I'm glad I wasn't in the middle of that. I'd be blown up. And here we're talking about this working of the great might, of his great might. He worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That is a wow thing. And then the fact that he raised them, that's another wow. And then he put everything under his feet. And now he talks about the head of all things to the church, which is his body. And so now we have, we as a church, have someone who's our head who has this enormous power over the universe power to to die for us and power to be raised and power to to bring us to live with him in heaven but also power to live here on earth and and nothing can stand against us yeah yeah i mean you look at the example he gives i mean he talks about um you know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe and then the example that he gives is that God's great power is seen in raising Christ from the dead, in seating him at his right hand, right? So Christ is raised from the dead, seated at the right hand in the heavenly places, and he's also put everything under his feet, right? So everything is in subjection to Christ, and Christ is head over all things for the church. So God's demonstrated his power in raising him from the dead, seating him at his right hand, putting everything under his feet, giving him his head over all things for the church, right? And so that same power is, you know, Paul says he wants them to to know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. That's kind of an interesting concept to think of, of, of the power of God that is toward us who believe. I mean, exactly, you know, what that what that looks like, what that consists of is, is uh, something to explore. Yeah, I think like that idea, to, just how he ends it too, kind of as he brings it all together, it's like, 
this community that he's talking about, it is, it's, it's a powerful, it's a force. It's an army kind of idea that we're, we're going out to not, not conquer the world or anything, but in a sense, you know, bring them back to Christ and just shed light a, a little bit upon what the church is. And, and con conquering, not uh, conquering uh, when we conquer our sins too, we conquer our weaknesses our weaknesses are are, um, are 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 place for him to show his power, as it says in Second Corinthians uh, twelve. So it we can, even though we see ourselves as weak and we see ourselves as failing, and we see people around us in the church that are kind of messy, and we're wondering how in the world, you know, when we don't have enough finances and we and we have all those things we want to do, how we're going to get anything done? And we need to, at that moment, I, I tell myself, anyway, I need to step back and say, it's not my church, it's God's church, it's Christ's church, and I, he's going to make it work. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I don't have to obsess about whether it's going to work or not. I'm not going to obsess whether or not these people who are messy are going to be able to overcome what's, what's, what's in their lives. He, he's going to help them overcome when he wants to help them overcome, and I... Just need to step back and watch him hit work. And I just think it's interesting to consider the content of the prayer. I mean, it's like, you know, would it not be appropriate for us to pray the same prayers for our church? How about for a small group? For our small group, for our church as a whole. I mean, praying that God would give our church the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Praying that God would uh, cause us to know what is the hope to which we have been called. Together, all of us together. Yeah. Understand that. Yeah, absolutely. And not and just what, you as a pastor. All of us, yeah, as a family. That 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 pray that. I mean, that would probably be a, a great thing, you know, for us, you know, to to pray specifically for our church family as we approach uh, this coming Sunday, that we would know these truths of these realities and it's certainly not a one done. you know i think joel you made the point that it's it's you know it's ongoing it's lifelong right so it's not like we we get it and we're like okay got that info and we move on no it's 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 ongoing yeah it, it just i think like that word he says the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe it's his greatness is immeasurable we can ne we're never like we never get satisfied i don't know if that's the right word but we never can be like i got yeah i, I understand you it's like no it's his greatness is immeasurable we're always like wow standing in awe of it well we need to stand in awe of it we need not to uh say god can't do that or god isn't going to do that i'm just thinking of the hurricane you know i i know god will send you know sends us sun and the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous and and he could easily let the hurricane wipe us out. But I decided to pray that the hurricane wouldn't hit us. I didn't. I felt felt that as our church, if we got if our church got wiped out by 185 mile an hour for wind, I'm not sure what we would do. But it would take us a long time to recover. Um, and, and God's power can be shown in that. But I asked that it wouldn't happen, and I'm I'm praising Him for the fact it didn't happen. And that that was his choice, and that's what happened. But that's that's the kind of thing I want to I want to be able to trust God that He can put.
push the hurricane off to the sea when he, if he wants to. And I'm going to pray that because it says, you know, in everything, make your request be known to God. So I decided to try to do that. And, and I'm thankful that he did that. He pushed the storm away. Yeah, I agree. And even like we were talking about praying this for our church, like if we, if everybody committed to praying this prayer for our church, how would that change the, the demeanor and atmosphere of our church? If that was our heart, that we would understand and know the knowledge, like we were, and, and believe that because we are praying, God is going to answer that prayer. Yes. And so that's, that's what I mean, like believing that. You're absolutely right. Like that God is great and he still answers prayer and still works miracles. And and he can make us a force for him in our community towards the, the outside world, towards each other. And we don't have to be content with, with saying, well, it, you know, things won't change and everything will be the people won't change. No, we can believe that God will change people when he wants to change them. And we can pray that he will. And he will give us the the ability and the the, fi the resources, the finances, the workers to to accomplish his mission to to bring in the harvest. Because Jesus said, "Pray for the you know pray for the workers for the harvest." Right? He said to do that. So when we're trying to think of things we're trying to do as a church, let's not let's not get discouraged. Okay. Well, um, I think this was good. Uh, good kind of conversation. Uh, just kind of looking at this text, we'll uh, we'll look at it closely on Sunday morning. I uh, appreciate both of you gentlemen as we've uh, had a chance to interact uh, with um, these words from the Apostle Paul. So thank you both. This concludes our podcast, and uh, we hope you guys that are listening will uh, give us some feedback, and we hope you'll continue to tune in.